Welcome to Coffee with Congress, a new podcast by the Veterans Education Project, where we truly get to know members of Congress and key government officials. Every episode, we ask questions that have absolutely nothing to do with politics, policy, or legislation. Yeah, you know, nothing to do with their actual jobs. So instead, we focus on getting to know the real person behind the office. Today, we met with Jason Crow. He represents Colorado's 6th District. He's a retired Army Ranger and just an all-around awesome guy. Listen in now as we speak with him in his D.C. office. Start talking about some important questions that are mm-hmm. very important to the audience. Right. Green chili. I know a lot of people around uh, this country... Uh, uh-huh. I have a misunderstanding of what green chili is. I know I'm born and raised here in D.C., <laughs> but when I went to Colorado, I ordered a chili dog, and I thought I was going to be getting something right. uh-huh. a lot different than what I received. So correct. So talk to us about green chili. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's green chili? Well, it doesn't come out of a can labeled Hormel. I can tell you that much. So <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know, the west, you know, in the west and the southwest, you have to prepare it right. For me, you know, plenty of sour cream. You got to have a lot of sour cream. It's got to be hot. Uh, it's got to be hot enough to carry sufficient sour cream, mm. so that you can you can blend in the so cream with it. So is it green because it's the color, or is it green peppers? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, is it it's like, the chilies? Oh, you got to put the, the chilies. Chili in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So okay. it's not it's not chili like we're thinking of like the green beans. Yeah. It's yeah. not like that. It's kind of like a salsa kind of, but with like a little more substance to it. Than it's, 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 it's soupier, right? Yeah. So it's it's, it's like hot. a it's, it's not it's not something you put on a chili dog, right? It's not okay. like the like the heavy you know kind of chili put on a chili dog. This okay. is more of a soup. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I should be but, hungry or not. But you yeah. guys do put it on everything. Uh, I mean, you, you can get a, uh, you can put it on an omelet, you can put it on a burger, you can put it on top of a You could, you could. You put yeah. it on a burrito. Uh-huh. What's your favorite uh, way to use the green chili? What are you going to put in that? I, 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 I just, I like, yeah, I like it in the bowl. Pure. Just Again, pure. with the sour just, cream. Just like, put a, okay. you know, like, I'm a big sour cream guy, so okay. it's like, so like, like a dip, like almost. Yeah, you, okay. you, just, right. you, you put it in there. You can use chips, you know, tortilla chips. You can, well, you can just eat it with a spoon. But right. yeah, no, that's, that's that's the best way to do it. Awesome. All right, I like it. I like that, that might be controversial, though. I mean, this might, is, I might be. Hey, this I is very you're educating us on the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, we're, all right. So here we yeah. go. Another another uh, tough question, I think. Mm, yeah. Maybe the toughest. Like, this might be. This might actually be the toughest question. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Rocky Mountain High, or. You uh, uh, you wild Colorado. I gotta go with John Denver. Gotta go with John Denver. Yeah, John yeah, Denver. right. Yeah. Have you ever seen this John Denver video of him? This is a ski video, so everybody should Google John Denver ski video. Okay. John and if you aren't, if, if you are, if you aren't a skier, <laughs> if you aren't a skier, this video is gonna want to make you a skier. Yeah, I'm gonna say a lot of people might not know who John Denver is. No. no. Come on, you think that, that's like, just crazy? That hurts my feelings. If so. they don't know, if they don't know who John Denver is, so listen, I can't, I can't help out. them. That's right. This podcast, <laughs> you just out of podcast. Okay. So. But look it up. Look up the ski video. It, it's one of the most amazing thing. It's John Denver singing a song about skiing in the Rocky Mountains wearing like 1970s ski gear everyone's wearing like bright orange bright and like nice. crazy like you know uh, you know sing, singlet you know ski it's 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 one of those videos that you just cannot avert your eyes All right. it's, it's really amazing I love it so Rocky Mountain High that's, that's your go to yeah so I gotta, I I gotta go there alright yeah okay so the Stanley Hotel is the inspiration mm-hmm. for Stephen King's The Shining mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Colorado. Yeah. Know yeah. My yes. wife and I uh, spent our wedding night there. Oh, <laughs> why do you do that? 
<laughs> well, we got married like five miles from there. So, so said, we, we're here. Why not? Yeah. Well, we got married up near Estes Park, uh, and in the Stanley oh, is there. Park. And actually, her her dad lived in that area for many years after he retired, and uh, we, we used to go there and hang out with her dad, and uh, you know, have lunch. And uh, so yeah, we have some background with the Stanley. All right. All yeah. right. So uh-huh. all right. So first, what's your favorite horror movie? Hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, you set me up for the shiny. Right? Right? So, yeah. <laughs> right, so here, here's a little uh, different. Um, any historical figure, uh-huh. whose ghost would be the most annoying to be haunted by? <laughs> wow, I get a that's uh, it, it, so a historical figure, and they have to be they have to be dead, obviously now, right? So it's right. got to be yeah. like a present day yeah, yeah. ghost no, scenario. You can't just say someone's alive to say they're annoying, and then that's yeah, it has to be that's yeah. Yeah. Well known historical, I don't know. Most annoying ghosts. Jeez. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> Silence. We need an answer. We need. Like, okay, an you'll answer. get an you'll get an answer. Historical figure. What? Yeah, that that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. Which, which ghost would this. be the most annoying, annoying. to be to be haunted by? I, my personal belief. Who would be for you? I think it's someone like a know it all and like mm. they predicted something. Yeah, and exactly. Happened, yeah. And I'm like, see, I told you. And I'm just like, come on, please tell me how right they were the whole time. <laughs> that would be. Some of the things that they're, they're really funny. Like my Jewish grandmother. And you're like, just listen. I don't want to deal with it right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, come back to me later. Right. Like, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Just, I don't want to hear it. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can. Or it could be some of an annoying voice. I think that could be another good one. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, if Fran Drescher was dead, like, I think that would be a See, I'm voice. like an amateur sure historian. Yeah. So, for me, it's like, there's a lot of things to think about, right? Yeah, it's right. just like, Fair this enough. could be a military figure. Could is this going to be. be you know, a president? Is this like a patent as a ghost? You know, how about this? What are you doing? You need to get I, I would, I, it. would probably be somebody like I think maybe like Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, I can see right? that. Because he's you know abrasive, he, he's like listen, anything you do, he's like yeah, but have you done this? Right. Exactly. Did you lead the charge of you know San Juan Hill? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, did you? You know, were you the first person to fly? You know, first politician to fly in a plane? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I know, love that. I love yeah, that. you preserved land. But did you create the national park system? Right. He it's like anything. Constant reminder yeah. over your. And shoulder. he's the type of guy that I think would always one up you too, right? right? Yeah, it's just that like, would be very. All right, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I like that. That's a good yeah. One. All right. All right. So I have a, a, an interesting question for you. So one of the things that I think is uh, really kind of. Uh, 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 a cool thing that sets people's up, uh, set people up for how they live, are, are mantras or quotes. Mm. So, why don't you tell us about uh, one or two of your favorite quotes that's attributed to somebody else, mm-hmm. and why are they important to you? Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I actually on on the the Teddy Roosevelt front, okay. you know, uh, he he actually. Um, uh, a couple of a couple of quotes, you know. One is his "Man in the Arena," and I'm not going to recite the whole thing right now. But yeah. you know, he talked about you know the credit belonging to the to the the man. In this case, the man or woman in the arena, right? right. Uh, about you know the, the people that are willing to jump into the fray, right? You know, and politics is tough. We know that yeah. uh, it's 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 really tough right now. Uh, people are really divided, uh, and you know, just have a lot of respect for for people at all levels of, of government service, public service, who are willing to like go. In 
into public service and say, you know, listen, I'm going to take a lot of criticism for doing this, but we're going to try to do the right thing and try to unite people. So that that, that quote speaks a lot to me. Um, you know, his is uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. You know, I I, like I, I do a lot of uh, you know, work on uh, armed services yeah. and, and military policy and defense policy and foreign policy, and I'm somebody that believes in that. Right? You don't have to you don't have to you know pound your chest. You don't have right. to saber rattle. Uh, but if you're strong, that kind of speaks for itself, right? I think, uh, and I've said this a lot, you know, people, real people get hurt when politicians talk tough, right? And uh, you gotta, gotta make sure that uh, you're very careful with what you say, and I think Teddy Roosevelt knew that, and that, that quote kind of speaks to me. Okay, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel. He doesn't want to be haunted by Teddy Roosevelt, yet he's bringing Teddy Roosevelt quotes in with him. No, I think these are perfectly consistent things, right? Like, he's got a lot of good things to say. doesn't mean I want him, like, haunting me and saying those things all the time. Right? Right, like, fair enough. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, so one of the other things, I, I, you know, I think within this about, like, what you say and how what you say can be taken out of context sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's kind of pretty unfair. It's an unfair shake for anyone that's in that situation. So... Uh, one of the things, though, that I think uh, uh, I'm very interested in, and I think Steve is as well, is you know, the idea that people change their minds. Yeah. Yeah. They grow yeah. and they change their minds on things. So yeah. I would love to hear uh, what you've changed your mind on in the last few years hmm. and why. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, uh, it doesn't need to be political. Yeah. It can be anything. It can be like, yeah. I have something Mustang to the best, but yeah. you know what? The Camaro is the best now. So, yeah. <laughs> no way that's true. But. Yeah, so, um, you know. I, I think being a, a father has changed a lot of things just in terms of my approach and um, I, I don't know if there's no specific policy issue but I view the world very differently as a parent than I did before right and uh, you know thinking about the impact I, I, I view um, the, the, the sacrifice that our military families make much differently than I was when I was you know a young single you know infantry officer uh, and and I you know uh, you know I think I, I knew at a high level you know that they were making a sacrifice uh, and it was there to you know kind of support the people in my unit but I, I, I not until I got married and became a, a parent myself that I really understand that we need to double down and I provide more support uh, for, for those folks. So I don't know if that's changing my mind, but certainly, you know, an evolution and kind of understanding things in a different way. Yeah. That's cool. That's, good. that's really cool. No, I think that that is exactly what we were going yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. Steve, what you got? All right. So they, uh, there's the most breweries per capita in Colorado. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, my home state, Maryland, is not far behind. We're getting there. Oh, okay. But all right. All right. Uh, Colorado's many, many amazing breweries. My favorite one is Breckenridge Brewery. Their vanilla yeah. porter is maybe yeah. the best beer of all time. I think uh, I would agree. Okay. So uh, what is there's? I mean, there's peanut butter chocolate beers. There's grapefruit beers. What's right. a flavor you feel like hasn't been made yet that people need to get on it? How about s'mores? Right. S'mores. Yeah, I haven't had a s'mores like beer. beer. S'mores that would be good. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's very campfirey, you know. I do, a, you know, I do a lot of s'mores now and now with my kids, but I can't, I can't give them beer, right? So like, right. this is a way of like they can have the s'mores and I can, can have the s'mores beer. beer. I like that. Yeah, I like it. We're gonna have to uh, get working on that. Well, yeah, go talk to flying, uh, flying dog or dogfish head. See, I think we should talk yeah. to Breckenridge. Yeah, we'll talk to Breckenridge. Hey, well, we can talk to New Belgium. You know, New they're Belgium, they're in Colorado. 
got Chaluna Brewing. Oh, is, it, is it a brewery in my district? They're all over the place. I'm going to have to start planning a trip to Colorado. Here. They're great. Uh, you guys should come out. You can come yeah. out. Right, you know what? We're we're, 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 we're coming. I'm coming. We've had boss. I'm requesting time off. Steve's coming. That's we right. Got we got All right. All right. So uh, you're you're hiking in the uh, in the old Rockies. Yeah. Which animal do you, are you least want to see? A bear, mountain lion, or a moose? A mountain lion. You don't want to see a mountain lion. Undoubtedly, a mountain lion. Worse than the moose or the bear. Listen, I mean, bear 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 generally will leave you alone, right? Yeah, unless you're like between them and their cubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can make noise, you know, unless it's a grizzly, right? If you're a grizzly, like they'll, they'll come after you. But if you like a brown bear, black bear, you make noise, they'll go away. Your moose are kind of the same way. Like mountain lions are predators, right? Like they, they stalk you, they'll come after you. Uh, they, yeah, they, they worry me. Gotcha. Did you hear about the guy, by the way, last year? No, no, let's talk. Yes, I did. That leads us right into it. <clears throat> yeah, you're so going to ask me about the guy last year who, who tangled him. Yeah, right? he, he fought it. He fought it, and he won. He won. Now, my question is, if you had to fight him out of line, how do you think you'd do? Well, you know, it's, What's uh, your strategy? it's funny what you should strategy? It's funny you should ask this, because I actually have a long-standing strategy. It's called the, the Mountain Lion Contingency Plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to MLCP. I've thought this through, and I've uh, briefed. Yeah, like a primary and alternate. I have a, I have a standing, I have a standing mountain lion contingency right, plan that, that my wife and kids know about. Okay. And I briefed them. Okay. And it goes Brief like this: okay. You find a rock. Okay. You pick it up. Yeah. And you hit the mountain lion on the head with the rock. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's a very sophisticated plan. I like that. You're, you're using our evolutionary uh, the traits of using. Yeah, tools. exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's very similar to the, what was already successful, right? The guy didn't have a rock, so he had to, he, he literally strangled the mountain lion to death. The most, most awesome story. I'm, I, I, I've always said. I think, I'm, that's pretty impressive. I think all humans are we're we're capable of tangling with some animals. I think I go yeah. to the zoo and I size animals up. I think that's that, right. I look I like think I can take that. that. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't think I could do this because the guy that I think did you that would have no chance. Oh, the no the marathon. He was an ultra runner, right? Who was like I'm doing a back cunning right. trailer. And he's, he's a very, really he's a very well. He's, he's nobody's he's a tall guy, and okay. he has very long arms. Right. So he had the leverage. So the, here's the deal: he was able to like lock the like put, put his arms around it, it, and the it paws was, couldn't do it. it. He like was talking about it. Were trying to, like T Rex. The paws were like just barely hitting his face, right? So he was a me. I'm a you know of average stature, and I don't think I think if I tried to do the strangle thing, it wouldn't work. I think the the paws are getting all over me, right? So I got to take a different approach. I got to I got to try the the rock approach. I think I can take this back. MMA style, get them behind, choke them out. That's I'm gonna go with no. My strategy would be to probably try and climb a tree or run. That's away. probably smarter. That's probably uh, smarter. But you know they climb trees though, oh, right? Wow. Well, that I'm. And, I'm, and, I'm and, and, they're, and they're fast, Daniel. They're yeah. very fast. Well, you don't know how fast I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm gonna have to go. Life. Life. All I need to be faster have to... than anyone else around me. So <laughs> that is true. That's uh, all right. So. I think that the military is great about teaching us from failure, right? Yeah. So we learn from failure, yeah. we learn to persist. I know that, um, you know, when I went through my military pipeline, mm -hmm. um, that they, they set things up specifically so I would fail mm -hmm. in order to kind of uh, teach me how to deal with that in the yeah. moment, right? Yeah. So tell us about a time when you failed in the military and what mm -hmm. valuable lesson did you learn that changed how you engaged and moved forward? Yeah, yeah, no, um, uh, there was a, um, you know, there was an incident early on, uh, it wasn't an incident, but we, you know, had a, a lot, we were at a live fire, uh -huh. and the people at the, um, 
the ammo depot had mixed up some of the ammo, oh, wow. right? And then I found it, you know, discovered it before it had gone there. But this was really, you know, really early on uh, as a platoon leader. Right. Uh, and, and I, I were got, you I got, at the time, or were yeah, eighty second, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. And we were actually doing, you know, live fires preparing for right. uh, deployment right. to, to Iraq. Yeah. Uh, and, and I and I, I kind of lost it, right? Because that's yeah. you know, that's a no. big deal, right? You mix up yeah. ammo uh, in, a, in a live fire scenario, and you know that's pretty dangerous. So I, I got really upset. I got really upset, and and I think what I learned is. Um, uh, it, it was okay to, to be upset about it, mm-hmm. but but I I, I, um, I didn't have to kind of verbalize that as much, right? Okay. You know, pull out my squad leaders and you know kind of dress them down in front of in front of the the soldiers. And I think I learned over time uh, that you know that. You, you kind of the speak softly and carry a, a big stick approach, like right? Yeah. You don't have to be you don't have to be vocal. You don't have to like yell at people to get the best out of them or impress a point. I felt like that's I had to do that, right? And I think that's a lot, you know a lot of new you know unit leaders, you know platoon leaders, company commanders, and others maybe overcompensate. Right, and they feel like they have to be, you know, very verbal or vocal. Right. A lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, but my approach over time, and as I kind of matured as, as an officer and a leader, uh, was to you know pull people aside, right, so that I could support them. Uh, what I learned is you can, you can, you, you need to set your people up for success, right? You can't undermine them in front of in front of their soldiers. Right, that they have to be accountable and they have to be able to lead too. Mm. So, so I learned over time that when there were things, corrections that had to be made, a lot of times that's best made in private. Right, so they can maintain that's their their lies. integrity, their dignity. That that you know they can they can make the correction and still go back to their people and have confidence. So, uh, you know, I like this. We're, I want to kind of dial into to this military experience, right? So, um, you know, you had a desire to serve. It's all volunteer force, right? So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what motivated you to want to go into the military and be a leader of troops? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's like, a, you know, really rare uh, these days. You know, less than 1% of uh, our nation volunteers, right? So, yeah. like, what, what led yeah. you to serve? Yeah, so, my, you know, originally my, my desire to serve, uh, you know, was somewhat economic, right? I, I come from a, a family and we didn't have money to pay for college. Uh, you know, I, I worked uh, starting really young, uh, minimum wage jobs in high school, uh, and um, you know, got into college. Uh, didn't have the money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the National Guard, actually, my career started as a private in the National Guard. So well, you were a Mustang. Uh, I, I, I enlisted. I enlisted you in the National went? Guard. Wow. So yeah. yeah so, so for those who are not listening, like uh, when you go from uh, enlisted to an officer, it's typically referred to as a Mustang. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I started as a private, as a private crow in the National Guard, and wow. uh, I was doing the National Guard thing through college to help pay because they had a tuition grant program. So I was still working too. So I I do National Guard drills on the weekend. Um, I, I was working construction. You know, work twenty hours a week on the construction site, then go right. to classes. You know, during the day. And, um, you know, but I love that experience, right? Uh, you know, staying there at formation, you know, wearing the uniform. I love being a part of something bigger than myself. I love the teamwork. 9-11 happened, uh, and I knew that I, I just couldn't ask other people to do my fighting for me. So I asked for a transition from a, a National Guard to an active duty contract. So I started to go through ROTC. Oh, wow. Uh, so I joined ROTC, right. you know, halfway through college. Uh, asked to transition to active duty after graduation. Went active duty, and, and obviously... Uh, uh, wanted to to be at the the, the tip of the spear, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so ask for ask for infantry, so, airborne ranger. So one one other one other uh, question. So you were uh, a platoon or a company commander at that? Platoon. Okay. So uh, did you ever think about going on the long walk? 
Uh, which one are you talking about? Going to CAG. Oh, uh, no. No, I, you know, after, um, uh, you know, after I uh, got married, actually, my wife and I just knew that, uh, you know, she had a career of her own. She right. wanted to pursue her, her career. She's that. a professor at the University of Colorado, and it would be hard for me to continue my service and mm -hmm. for her to pursue her, her career as well. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, Steve, what do, you, what do you got? So everyone always asks, what would be your superpower? Mm -hmm. I want to know that. I want to know what would your sidekick superpower be. Oh, <laughs> what's the most useful sidekick power? Right, um, invisible to yeah. sneak up on people or something. Right. No, so, no, no. no the, the, the yeah. Uh, undoubtedly, this is an easy one. Actually, oh. sarcasm. Yeah, I believe that the, the, the most important role of a sidekick is to be really sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I like it. All right, so what is um, uh, your, your military experience? You're, uh, you're talking about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, you know, talk quietly, uh, have a big stick. Yeah. So what's some new ways that countries could settle differences other than Typical diplomacy or war. What's a what's a new way two countries can settle the differences? Right, like wow. back in the day, okay. there's jousting or dueling. What should we <laughs> move towards to settle our disputes internationally? Well, maybe you know, maybe we could you know, have leaders you know, get in the sumo suits. Oh, I like and this. do you know do some sumo. Yes, mm. I would pay money to watch that. Actually, yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. I was just thinking about his, your earlier comment about sarcasm. I just wonder if we had like a stand-up or like an Americans that got talent type scenario, and whatever leader has like the best talent, you know, we can all vote as like an international community and say, yeah, all right. And so then like, okay, so It'll like Brazil like wins. It's like Dar, so we got like everyone yeah, yeah. votes. Yeah, right. Which I think also right. elections win more interesting because then you have to showcase like, hey, listen, when we get in conflict with other countries, check out the skill. Yeah, right. Like, right. All right, but. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask, right? All right. Uh, so if you could put, this is your own quote, if you could put your own words uh -huh. on a billboard in Times Square for the world to see, and it would be your message the world would see, yeah. what would it say? Uh, a servant leadership. Servant leadership. Just that, just that? I mean, you feel like yeah. it's kind of an ambiguous uh, yeah. two words. Just yeah. it makes me think, though. It's yeah, it does. So like, what do you, what like, Steve? What, what do you think of when when you when you hear the word servant leadership? John Maxwell, probably. But um, so I think of a guy who. You know, or or lady uh, who is uh, who puts who the way they lead isn't by just telling people what to do, but they get they roll their sleeves and get to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That they they they. I think know, my dad. They lead to first. be honest. Do you? Okay. Yeah. 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 But you know, explain that, right? That's 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 kind of my moral compass, right? When I, I think like about it. what I do, serving. it's like, am I serving? If I am I serving people, like, because you know, you learn in the army, right? You talk about you know, be no do. It's you know, yeah. you're, you're jumping out of the plane first. You know, right. leaders jump out of the yeah. plane first. You know, the infantry motto is follow me. You yeah. know, leader goes first, then the people follow. Uh, you know, it, it is that mentality, that culture that's lacking in this town in Washington Ooh. right Ooh. now, right? And and you could we could change so much. And so much would be different if, if we had servant leadership. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, so one last one. I always throw Steve into the mix here. So, uh -huh. all right, so right. we are going to have two comic book characters. Mm -hmm. You didn't do a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. Steve's going to name the two, and you have to tell me who wins. Okay. okay. It's, uh, it's going to be Captain America and Batman. 
Captain America, of oh, course. That's, that is wrong. Okay. That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. There, there's, there, there is no, there's no objective. No, objective. Sorry. There's no objective <laughs> answers to that. Batman? So you say. So you say. Oh my God. I don't know. I gotta say you guys are, are just wrong on that. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta so, push back the, on the, that the, one. Uh, the last, you know, the last thing we get anything serious. Uh -huh. uh, you know, so I know you never earned this, but you know, I thought maybe oh, you would nice. just like to at least hold one or touch one. Okay. Okay. There's a ranger tab. Uh, so just so yeah. you know, you no, that's you good. Can't have it, I, you know? can't have it. No, well, maybe. Did you? Do you, uh, do you have a ranger? Do you have a ranger tab? I don't. You don't have a, oh, okay. All right. I should have brought you the ranger tab. I should have brought the ranger tab. Thanks for listening to Coffee with Congress. Had a good time with Congressman Crow and learning all about how maybe he's not the best honeymoon planner. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, we are everywhere. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Remember, the Veterans Education Project is always preaching possibilities.